0: Alright everyone, another episode of the Middle Ice Softball Podcast, talking about a Mercy Rule win for Metamora this afternoon, uh, 11-1 at Dunlap, uh, Redbirds um, move to a game and a half lead in the conference standings, by the way, we'll get to that um, in a little more detail um, down the road at the end of the episode here, because there were some big scores elsewhere so perhaps a lot of folks are you know obviously we have our primary audience if you will uh from the Metamora Dunlap game um but i'm sure a lot of people are clamoring at the bit for the uh out of town portion um of the podcast cuz of a big final score uh elsewhere Metamora like i said 11-1 winners over Dunlap in 5 and it was a bit of an interesting start. Um, we had um, two outs that, two of the three outs in the first inning were, if I remember correctly, trying to stretch a double into a triple and a single into a double. Uh, so it was a, a bit of an interesting start, not not the most positive start in the world. Um, and then, although they did get a run in that first inning, the Redbirds did, um Dunlap answered fairly quickly in the second inning, and that was after Metamora went 1-2-3 in the top of the second. So you're, you know, potentially anyway, kind of looking at maybe settling in for a super close, uh, hard-fought game uh, to the wire maybe. Um, And then the third inning happened. Uh, Metamora uh, did awesome uh, in that third, that Obviously, effectively, anyway, decided the game or at least turned it from kind of, I guess the best way to phrase it is change the dynamic of the game in terms of we were talking about maybe it being a close, ride it out, stress out type of finish. Uh, The Redbirds score eight in the third inning. Uh, They almost batted around twice. We'll say one and a half times. Um, let's see here, 9, 14 uh, plate appearances in that top of the third inning. Um, and Let's see, if, for the heck of it, let's get it all. Um, Kennedy knee a walk, Cadence Till a single, Katie Ramage RBI double, Ellie Schaefer RBI single, Maddie Mooney hit by pitch, Nora Johnson two-run double, Sidney Trumpman two-run single, Bree Bessert walk, Kennedy knee walk, Cadence Till two-run single, Katie Ramage walk. Um, in terms of the successful plate appearances within that third inning alone. And that obviously uh, gave the Redbirds the confidence they needed, uh, as if they didn't have it already, you would think anyway, in terms of how they approached the game mentally. Um, Dunlap did have their second consecutive two-hit inning uh, to respond with in the third, Um, but that was... Well, I guess they made some noise in the fourth, a single and a walk. Uh, But that, that, and I even said on the broadcast, and we'll get to those highlights here in a little bit. um, The second and the third inning, probably Dunlap's best uh, of the game. Uh, Not just the second inning, because obviously that's the inning they scored their run in. Um, But in terms of at least getting base runners on, getting getting batters in the scoring position... Um, and kind of playing it out that way. Obviously, they weren't able to get more than the one run across. They were at least getting into those situations. So, uh, not anything too horrible uh, to, or I guess really worth complaining about there in terms of how the game panned out, um, all things considered. Um, Metamora did uh, pull Nora Johnson after the third inning. And I I did not confirm this. Uh, We did not uh hear from Coach Linder on the postgame. Um, but I would assume that in part was to give Nora just a little extra rest uh for the big Washington game on Thursday. Um I, and at that point as well I, I won't say the game was over. There was still uh as as many as two innings left. Um, but I think you look at two primary factors: one, give Nor a little extra rest for Washington, and two, when the game is semi-done, you don't want to risk um, any injury, especially um, in a dog-eat-dog world that is Middle ice softball. Anytime you can afford to rest for the sake of lack of injury or lack of potential injury or overuse or whatnot. Um, you definitely will take that when you can get it. And I, I think that again is part of the reason, in my opinion, uh why Nora perhaps was pulled after three. Uh we'll get to her stat line in just a little bit. Uh but Sydney Trentman through the last two innings uh and only allowed the one uh fourth inning single uh for Dunlap. And I mean it's not just, you know, me saying you could easily look at the final score and just be like, oh well more dominated. Well, how specifically? Well, their top of the order crushed it. Uh, one through five in the order, Knee, Till, Ramage, Schaefer, Hartnett, uh, combined for 11 of the 13 hits, um, including Cadence Till and Katie Ramage both having three hit games, and Kennedy Knee and Ellie Schaefer both having two hit games, not to mention Cadence Till with three RBI and Katie Ramage with two uh, so obviously that was going uh, quite well. Um, and obviously um, with, with a team like Metamora that, that this year has really prided itself, um, not just with its well-balanced efforts in the circle, but uh, with the pop it's able to provide at the plate um, for the top of the order to show up like it did today, I think that's exactly what you're looking for, by the way. Metamora up to 168 runs on the season and 205 hits. I would venture to say the only team I would think that would come close, if not past the Redbirds, uh, would be East Peoria uh, in terms of total runs and hits on the season. Um, Coming in, though, uh, Dunlap, it was a really sound defensive team. They had only committed eight errors up until the last, like, couple games or so. So they didn't really do too horribly in that, just the one error. Redbirds, a one error as well. It wasn't until the end, albeit. Um, but it's a pretty sound defensive game as well. Um, Will like I, like I tend to say sometimes, make sure everybody's accounted for and go through everybody here, or at least the successful plate appearances. Uh, we'll go through Dunlap, uh, Ella Cunningham with a single. She also reached on the aforementioned error. Uh, Gabby Drake had a double. Brooklyn Millholland, the Eagles' leading hitter for the day, or for the game, I should say, RBI single and a regular single. Uh, Emily Ramos uh, with a walk. And Haley Powers with a single for the Eagles. Uh, Kennedy Clayton, two and two-thirds plus five batters. Nine hits, seven earned runs, three walks, and no strikeouts. She's the pitcher of record with the loss. Uh, Caitlin Atkinson. I uh, had two and a third, four hits, four earned runs, three walks, and two strikeouts. To bring the Dunlap pitching totals to five innings, 13 hits, 11 earned runs, six walks, and two strikeouts. Metamora go through their box score and... By nature of the 11 runs, there's a lot to get to. Kennedy Knee, single, walk, walk, and single. Good game for her. Cadence Till, who you'll hear from here in a little bit for the postgame player interview. RBI double, single, two-run single, and reached on a fielder's choice, E4. Katie Ramage reached all four times as well. Yeah, reached all four times as well, technically. Uh, Single, RBI double, walk, and an RBI single. Ellie Schaefer extends her hitting streak to what I believe I said on the air is seven games. Uh, La single, RBI single, or single and an RBI single. Kerrigan Hartnett with an RBI single as well. Maddie Mooney hit by a pitch and drew a walk. Nora Johnson mentioned her two-run double in that onslaught of a third inning. Uh, Maddie Kearns came in to hit for her in the latter portions of the game and drew a walk. Sydney Trentman with a two-run single, mentioned that. Uh, and we also mentioned the Brie Besser walk. Uh, pitching final totals. Uh, Nora gets the win to move to eleven and one in the circle. Uh, three innings, four hits, one earned run. No walks and four strikeouts on forty-three pitches. Sydney Trentman, two innings, one hit, no earned runs, one walk and four strikeouts on thirty-nine pitches. That brings the Redbird totals for the pitching to 5 innings, 5 hits, 1 earned run, 1 walk, and 8 strikeouts on 82 pitches. And the overall line scores for both teams, Redbirds 11 runs, 13 hits, 1 error, and 8 runners left. Dunlap, 1 run, 5 hits, 1 error, and 5 left and a spot-on one-hour and 30-minute game. To the minute, actually, uh, 434 to 604, so not a whole, not too often you'll get that, but we did uh, this afternoon. Again, obviously, a lot of players I could have picked from could have talked to, I think, anybody on that top chunk of the order for the Redbirds offensively. Um, our post-game player interview was with Cadence Till. But before that, here are the highlights from tonight's broadcast. Redbirds softball is on the air from Dunlap High School in Dunlap, Illinois. Game number 21 of the 2023 season. Your number three Redbirds, 17-3 overall, 5-1 in the Middle iowa Conference. 2-0 to Katie, swung on deep fly ball, right field, back it goes, and it's on, hops off the base of the wall. It'll be a stand-up double for Katie Ramage. Kennedy knee is in, and the Redbirds retake the lead on the RBI double from Katie. Spot for Ellie. First pitch to her. Fly ball out on their shallow right field and it drops. It'll be an RBI single for Ellie Schaefer. Throw in the home. Ellie's gonna take second, and it'll be an RBI single, and she'll reach second on the throw. The one-two to Johnson. Swung on, fly ball, right center field. It's gonna drop into the gap. Ramage is in. <laughs> Schaefer is in. <laughs> with two outs. Cleeton to Trentman. Swung on a hard ground ball and through. Should score two. Addie Pesha is in. Lauren Riddle is in as well, both standing up. And it's a two-run single for Sydney Trentman. And the Redbirds will bat around here in the third inning. Two on the count. Atkinson the till again. Swung on line drive right back up the middle. Base hit. Will it score two? Sydney Trentman is in. Bree Bessard is in. A two-run single for Caden's Till, and it's 9-1 Metamora. The 0-1 from Atkinson. Ground ball up the middle and through. This should score a 10th run. Won't score an 11th. Kennedy Knee is in safely. It's an RBI single for Katie Ramage, and it's 10-1 Metamora here in the fifth. First pitch of the A.B. from Atkinson. Hard crown ball and through. Run number 11 is in. An RBI single from Kerrigan Hartnett. 11-1 Metamora here in the fifth. First pitch swinging, deep fly ball, center field. Katie Ramage is going to make the diving catch to end the ball game. Lays out in right center field for the final out. Awesome catch by Katie. Game goes an hour and a half on the button, by the way. And the F8 from Katie ends it. Eagles are gonna be... Redbirds are winners, 11 one in five innings. So here is our post-game chat with Cadence. Alright, so um, I I talked with Coach Linder and I I think um, part of the message today perhaps was, you know, as exciting as yesterday was to kind of stay on your A game, if you will, and not be so worried about the result of yesterday. Was that kind of how you guys were approaching today, you think?
1: Uh, Today, we were just trying to not have another upset like we did against Pekin. Um, But today, we pretty much just came in with confidence, knowing that if we play the way we're capable of, we'll have this. An easy win.
0: Obviously, things were working pretty well for you, particularly at the plate. You've gotten a couple of hits here and there, but today, especially, you did real well. What was working so well for you at the plate, you think?
1: Um, I think I was just being selective with my pitches. Um, I knew that the pitcher wasn't super overpowering, so when I came in ready, I was just being aggressive at the plate and just taking my swing with confidence and not trying to do too much at the plate.
0: They started with Clayton, uh, had some off-speed, went to Atkinson, who I thought her Velo especially was better. How did you guys adjust because I don't think in conference play we maybe have seen a pitching change yet. So kind of talk about the importance of adjusting pitcher to pitcher in game.
1: Um, I think adjusting to a pitcher. I mean, sometimes it's hard, but if like the speeds different. But I thought their speeds were pretty closer together in my opinion. Clayton did have a change up and with like a little bit of a rise, but the other pitcher, I don't. I think she was just pretty straightforward. Nothing really special she just pretty much had a fastball and would hit the corners pretty good you
0: got a big one on thursday with washington no rest for the weary per se i suppose that day off on wednesday might be welcome but uh obviously a big one thursday how do, how do you approach that one kind of obviously whatever worked tuesday right <laughs> kind of or monday i guess the same thing there uh kind of the M.O. of these big games is balancing how big a game it is with just playing your true selves, right?
1: Yeah, um, I think going into Thursday, we're just not going to be overconfident. I mean, Washington is a good team, and we know last year we did beat them first and then second time we lost. So we just have to go in knowing if we play our A game, we'll be perfectly fine. Because if we pitch like are good with the pitch selection because we know what Ogden throws so if we're good at the plate I think we'll be good because our defense will be able to back us up.
0: It's the beauty of the second time around in conference play they know what you can do you know what they can do. Cadence thanks so much for the time. Yep, thank you. I want to thank her for the time of course and like I said before we cut to that interview Um, Obviously, like I said, could have picked from just about anybody in that top half. And I thank KT for the time. And again, obviously, she did awesome today. um, And obviously has been leading in just about every offensive category for the Redbirds to this point of the season, the All-American from a year ago. And heading that direction this year as well. So, uh, with no post-game conversation with Coach Linder, uh, that means we cut straight into uh, the out-of-town portion of the uh, podcast and a, like I said earlier, highly anticipated segment. I am very sure of it, and that is because we got to give major props uh, to Skip Penning and the Pecan Dragons, um, who went into Eastside Center and knocked off the 4th-ranked Raiders uh, by a 9-8 final score. Uh, that game is obviously uh, going to be the first game that we talk about. A wild finish, to say the least. Um, East Peoria kind of took control. It was 5-1. to one. Um, And at that point, I might have even said something on the air, uh, just kind of talking about how I knew, and I'm sure they still were regardless of what ended up being the final score, um, but it, it was a very motivated East Peoria group coming off the loss yesterday um, at Metamora that, you know, it's a exper- young but experienced enough group to bounce back in the right way, and it looked like they were. 5-1 in the third, then Pekin slowly chipped away. Uh, they had one run in the top of the fourth on a Matthews RBI single. She was awesome today, Emily was, with the RBI single. They took East Peoria 1-2-3 on a double play, and this is where Pekin, you thought, might have taken control. Um, Britton Bailey, an RBI triple. Gracie Gunther reached on an error to score Bailey. Um, Then Emily Matthews doubled um, to score uh, Banassi, and that gave Pekin a 6-5 lead. And you're thinking, well, the way they hit in that inning and especially with there only being a couple innings left. It's a one-run game, and East Peoria is a very good team, but thought Pekin may be in a little bit of the driver's seat there. Uh, Pekin's defense was awesome. They turned another double play on the Raiders um, in the bottom of the fifth inning this time around. Um, and then Pekin held scoreless. Good job uh, by Meadow and company, holding Pekin scoreless in the top of the sixth. And East Peoria, in what they were hoping, uh, was their last trip to the plate, uh, did what they needed to do. Um, they did lead the inning off the ground out. But then a Kaelin Krantz single, a Kaylee Orton single, and guess who? A three-run home run from Gracie Luna uh, gave East Peoria an 8-6 lead. And, you know, that's kind of, you know, I was thinking in Dunlap, you know, all due respect to the Dragons – that that's it. You know, East Peoria, two-run lead, three outs to get, that all was fine and dandy. Well, I, I forgot <laughs> that obviously Pekin was doing something right, putting six runs up on the board to that point. Um, And Brogan Hall, who... Uh, has obviously been doing a solid job. Earned runs probably take a little bit of a hit today, but overall still having a solid season. Uh, had a solo home run uh, to make it a one-run game. Uh, Riley Freilich drew a walk. And the big hit comes from, once again, Emily Matthews, who... Well, this is interesting. Is there a video? Eh, it's private. Uh, but Emily Matthews, they show for a inside-the-park home run. Um, to set the nine-eight final score, looks like Pekin did not bring video, so I don't have publicized video of that play. Uh, but whatever it was, Emily Matthews a inside the park home run um, to score herself, um, and Hart to set the nine-eight final scores. I mentioned Ashley Davis got another single um, before the inning was over. And then the Dragons held them 1-2-3 in the bottom half to uh, get that win. So that obviously, um, for the time being anyway, a lot can happen. Uh, but for the time being, uh, it kind of fiddles with the Middle alenei Conference standings. We'll get to those um, a little bit longer. Um, as big as Pekin's win um, over East Peoria was today, I Gotta give props to Jen Sargent and the Limestone Rockets, uh, who snapped their 0-1 skid to start conference play. They were 0-7 in the first round of league opponents and got their first conference win this afternoon, uh, beating Canton uh, 5-4. It was a kind of a, I guess, boiled down uh, run scoring type of game, the innings weren't Two spread apart, if you will. Um, Canton led 2-1 to one after the first inning. Uh, then Limestone, well, I guess if you count the first inning too, uh, Limestone scores all five of their runs in unanswered fashion. Uh, the big inning for Limestone uh, was the bottom of the fourth. Um, it was a men RPI double, or men-double, regular double, Thornton-Walk. Um, And then Sewell uh, singled, then scored, Thornton scored. Uh, That gave Limestone a 4-2 lead. And what ended up being the game-deciding hit, obviously there was plenty of softball left to be played, didn't know it at the time, Aniston Connor reached on an error to score Phoebe Sewell. And again, that was the beginning for Limestone. Three runs in the bottom of the fourth capped off by Sewell, scoring on that error that Aniston Connor also reached on. Uh, Canton did score uh, two more in the top of the fifth um, on a two-run double from Jenna Goforth. Uh, Chisholm and Shaw both scored on that one. Uh, That set the 5-4 final score. Limestone tried to add on. They got a couple base runners that reached in the fifth. Uh, Canton had a couple reach in the top of the sixth. Um, And even in the top of the seventh, Canton had one last push at it. A uh, Smith double and a Murphy walk at, to put runners on first and second, but a fielder's choice uh, got the final out of the game and, like I said, gave Limestone their first conference win uh, with a 5-4 victory over Canton. Uh, real briefly before we get into the Middle illini Conference standings, if you think two teams are missing, you're right but wrong at the same time. Morton and Washington, that was postponed uh, due to wet field conditions. Uh, So, Panthers and Potters did not play tonight. Um, Potters, or rather, Panthers and Canton uh, will be a post game uh, broadcast episode uh, tomorrow, kind of like what we're doing today with broadcast highlights and all that jazz. So. Updated Middleline Conference standings: Metamora takes a game and a half lead uh, with the absence of a Washington result. Uh, Metamora six and one in league play. Washington in second place at four and one. Pekin now slides up to third place at five and two. East Peoria falls to fourth, are four and three. Dunlap in fifth at three and three. Canton in sixth at two and five. Morton in seventh at one and four. Limestone in 8th at 1-7. and So, again, obviously, I want to give big props uh, to, I guess you could say, co-coaches of the day. I feel like, again, all due respect to the Rockets, I feel like Pekin's probably the bigger win per se, if you know what I mean, just because of... Like I was saying yesterday after the Metamora game, uh, just how good of a team East Peoria is and the fact that Pekin also did this at Eastside Center, which not just by virtue of the of the facility, but because of how good of a team East Peoria is, how difficult it can be to win there. Um, and Pekin went in and did that this afternoon. Um, I, I think Skip Penning, Jen Sargent, major props to both of your teams uh, on your big wins this afternoon. Um and again, Limestone getting their first conference win, Peakin knocking off the fourth-ranked Raiders. Uh, it, I don't know if they're going to put out another ICA poll uh, other than the one they released in the preseason because, to be frank, the postseason is like this actual seeding and stuff comes out in a couple weeks now. Uh, so there would really only be use for maybe one more poll. Um, And at this point, I think you just ride it out with what we had in the preseason. So no big deal there, but still, obviously, EP, I think, a team worthy of a ranking. Uh, Hey, if there was one more poll, can we rank Pekin and 4A, please? Like, if there is one more poll that comes out. um, Obviously, you saw what they did to Metamora. Uh, You saw now what they've done to East Peoria, too. Uh, And I, I think that, you know at a minimum receiving votes, you might want to put them in the top 20 because, you know, this is the team that I've talked about on my own. This is the team that I've talked about with Adam Duvall, that this team could be dangerous depending on how things are seeded out in their sectional and foray. I don't want to slap any expectations on the Dragons necessarily, but with, like, the East Peoria win, with the Metamora win over these last couple weeks... That is a very dangerous ball club that, you know, especially for the 4-8 teams that maybe a couple of them might have seen peaking, uh, but they haven't seen peaking just yet, or to its truest of form per se, I'd be careful in that 4 a sectional, depending on how that all seeds out. Um, so, once again, your final score is from tonight, peaking. Uh, knocks off East Peoria at Eastside Center, 9-8. Um, probably get some, before we, we want to make sure we, Um, Make sure we get everything lined up here. So yeah, East Peoria, a 9-8 winner over Pekin. Uh, And actually, I'll mention real briefly, uh, Kalen Krotz three hits. Kiara Brown, two hits. I didn't even get to that. Um, Frankly, there's a lot I missed from that East Peoria-Pekin game. Just kind of caught up in breaking down the back and forth of the end of that game. Uh, But... Kaelin Crotch, three hits. Gracie Luna, Meadow Terry, Kiara Brown, all multi-hit games. Meadow Terry obviously does take the loss, but um, that there was 12 strikeouts um, for her in the circle, so she was great. Toughed it out, 162 pitches for Meadows, so uh, way to tough that outing out. Multi-hit games for Pekin. Davis with three, Matthews with three, Hall with two, uh, and Emily Matthews, do you say player of the day for the conference? Uh, five RBI, including the big inside the park home run that gave Peak in the 9 8 win. Uh, so I want to make sure um, I get those accounted for. Brogan Hall gets the win. Seven innings, one walk, six Ks. Um, so, and then, like I mentioned, Limestone over Canton. Uh, and Limestone, their first conference win. Let's see if I can find anything. Notable. Herman uh, three-hit, two-RBI game for the Rockets. Turner, two hits. Birch, two hits. Goforth, two hits for the Little Giants. Goforth and Turner with a couple RBI as well. Nine strikeouts for Birch. Uh, three strikeouts for Groob. Uh, and one strikeout for Bartolo. So, again, Limestone, their first conference win. Pekin knocks off East Peoria. And our quote-unquote highlight uh, of the night... Where we were actually on site, Metamora over Dunlap, eleven to one in five innings. Be back with another post-game broadcast episode tomorrow. Uh, Washington at Canton. And think obviously you got to give Washington the favorite slot, if you will. Um, I, I do think it could be a little bit of a tricky ball game. Uh, I, I think you hearken back to last year um, when the Panther, one of the two games of no anyway, that the Panthers, uh, beat Canton one to nothing in one of those two games last year. And obviously that was last year. This is this year. Uh, but I still think at least on the surface, that's a good starting point to kind of harp on that. There's not really an off night in the middle line night conference and you just never know, uh, who might turn up, uh, for a big win, I mean, and I'm not even sure if you can put Peaking in that category anymore, because now they've done it to Metamorph, they've done it to EP. So, in fact, I'm I'm on the doorstep of changing my power rankings. I I still think that um, I think these two losses that East Peoria has had this week are two are two two really good teams. Didn't exactly pick my words <laughs> too well there. Um, but I, I'm, you know, kind of on the fence about pulling them from that three spot. Um, I think Pekin's knocking it, trying to knock it down at three and a half, if you will. Um, but I, I think, you know, I wouldn't really sound the alarm just yet on EP again, kind of talking about bearing in mind who they've lost to. Um, I, and again, I don't think the losses were in too horrible a fashion in the sense that, I don't think you sound the alarm just yet, but that's still a big win for Skip Penning and company um, at Eastside today. And then, like I said, Limestone, first conference win over Canton, or first conference win, defeating Canton to get that win. Um, And then, like I said, we'll be at Canton tomorrow uh, for Washington at Canton. So I apologize for the bit of the sloppiness. I got kind of caught up in trying to talk a little more, um, just. Casual conversation about the games, kind of breaking down the big plays as opposed to going through full statistics. So, if I miss anybody, if you're a family member of one of the girls, if you're a coach, I know some coaches have listened to episodes before. um, I apologize for missing your players. Like I said, I got so caught up in breaking the games down a little differently than I normally do uh, that I might have missed some folks statistically. Um, I'll try and get things a little more squared away tomorrow. Uh, for the post-game broadcast episode for Washington at Canton. Excited to call that one. Going to try to be able to hear from Stephanie Lawson and Anna Bundy post-game. We'll see how that all pans out, Uh, but nonetheless excited to get down to Canton and cover that ball game tomorrow. Uh, So one more time, and hopefully it'll go off a little cleaner this time. Your final scores today, Metamore over Dunlap in five innings, 11-1. Peacon over East Peoria nine to eight, and Limestone over Canton five to four. Thanks everybody for tuning in. It's been another episode of the Middle Line Ice Softball Podcast. <laughs>